the Lord. Praise the Lord. Good to be in the house of the Lord, and I appreciate uh, all that the miracles and all of those that have been praying and we're still believing and I I do believe that God is still able to perform a miracle and um, I, I told uh, <coughs> Brother Larry that today I said I, I know that God um, can do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think yet I know it's um, the hour of, uh, you know, you can be overwhelmed. I know Sister Sarah Hall also uh, requested prayer. Sister Kelsey, are you going to be able, I know you're doing media and the slides, are you going to be able to switch the slides for me? Thank you very much. All right, I didn't get the um, remote. We are growing apostolic legacy, and I um, <clears throat> was, of course, uh, you know, asking the Lord uh, since Sunday night, and we heard a great message about prayer, and I was asking the Lord to increase our faith, and I know some of you may have um, you know, when we pray with uh, intensity, there is a, a certain pouring out, a certain opening up ourselves into a, a, an entire moment of completely uh, attending to God. And yet, I also know that um, prayer is not like 50 cents. Well, it's dollar and a quarter now that you put in a coke machine and you know well if i pray six hours well then i get uh two soft drinks if i pray two hours i get one soft drink and uh it, it doesn't work that that prayer is about me getting me in line with letting the spirit of the lord flow through me and use me and <clears throat> there is a lot to be said about both prayer and fasting. And I know we start off the year and 40 days of fire and in prayer and fasting. And I am thankful we do it usually every year. We have a syllabus and we give you and we look at verses and we read and there's things that we do on week one and week two and we go right through because it's about aligning me to the will of God. Not, I, I, am, I can't make God align to my will. I am aligning myself to his will. And yet, you know, it is that, um, that sense of uh, faith. And there, I put a picture of a man standing at a, a maze, uh, you know, like you see in, in a cornfield or whatever and or in a garden and it's you know you turn left and turn right and left and you know it's easy to uh, easier to do that when you're looking down from above and uh, they of course put those on the children's uh, works and and every once in a while Siobhan and Tegan will get a maze or if they go to TJ's there's a maze and they're 
quick to want to draw it through to bring the cow to the corn or the, the pig to the watering hole or whatever it is. And yet faith in this little picture says is trusting God even when you don't understand his plan. And that's so true. A lot of times we find ourselves and, and I was looking through the word of the Lord and I know it's a story we've heard uh, about, but um, this verse, the title, Increase Our Faith, comes from a verse, and you might remember it. <laughs> Jesus was teaching his disciples, and uh, they were offended. Now, we don't get offended. Usually nobody makes us mad or upsets us. But they did, they had this, they were real thin skinned back then. I don't know why, but things would be said and done and it, it, it bothered them and they, they didn't like it. And so finally one of them got the courage to say, okay, well, how many times do I have to forgive? Remember? And they came out with a number like, you know, do I have to forgive? Seven times a day? That would be, whoa, that would be a lot. I mean, surely that's the Lord's response is going to be, oh no, you know, if you can do it twice a day, once a day, you'll be doing good. But no, <laughs> they, they ask for a big number, seven? And you remember what did the Lord say? Well, I got an idea. Let's try 70 times seven. And you know what their statement was? Oh, Lord, increase our faith. Because it was like, are you kidding me? I, I got, I mean... I was like shooting the moon at seven. Now you're asking what? And they recognized that it would take a tremendous amount of faith to do this. And in another place, Mark records in, in his gospel that a man brought his son to the disciples and asked that they cast the devil out and and they couldn't, and the disciples came to Jesus, and <clears throat> Jesus' response was, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. And the dad said, oh Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. <laughs> it's like, I know you can, but I'm not sure I can do this like you're wanting me to. I'm, I'm not sure I can handle it. And so I think those two stories, as well as numerous other stories, illustrate through the Bible about the need for faith, just faith to be forgiving, faith to do what's right when everybody around you is doing you wrong. Faith to keep believing. Faith to keep 
saying, Lord, you're able, Lord, you're able, when you don't see any evidence of it. And so I went back to a, a familiar story, and you all will recognize this story because most of you are, have studied the Bible and read all these stories, and you, you remember this story. It, it, it starts technically in the 16th chapter of 1 Kings. The kingdoms have divided. You have Israel, or the top 10 tribes, have split away from uh, the bottom two, which are Judah and Benjamin. And you, when you study history, the word Jews is actually in the Bible, the Jews, and it refers to Judah. It was a slang for Judah. Uh, Israel refers to either the top 10 or all of them. So when it talks about Israel, it may be referring to all of the children. And that name, for those of you who may not remember, comes because Jacob had his name changed to Israel when he wrestled with God. And he had been known as Jacob, the heel grabber, and he wrestled with God, and he became then known as Israel. And so his the, when the tribes later were unified under Saul and David and Solomon, and when Solomon's <coughs> uh, son came along, and then there was the split between Jeroboam and Rehoboam, and one of the things that we're hoping to see on this tour is where um, uh, Jeroboam set up a golden altar in the northern tribes, in the northern part of Israel. We've seen it. We saw it uh, five years ago in this area where they've been excavating. And so what happened was immediately when the tribe split, they embraced idol worship. They embraced idolatry. They embraced, they quit going to Jerusalem. They quit going down because there was this fear that if you go down and worship in that man's, before long you're going to say, why are we not, why are we fighting one another? We ought to be together. We should, uh, we all worship the same God. We all do this. So immediately the 10 northern tribes started into idolatry and idol worship. And there was a, a wicked king that came on the scene by the name of Ahab. He married a, a very special lady by the name of Jezebel. You may have remembered uh, those two names. Uh, one gets the dubious distinction of being one of the most wicked kings. And so Ahab immediately built an altar in Samaria, not just the one that Jeroboam had set up, but he built another offer, altar to Baal or Baal, and then he set up groves and began to worship idols. And then all of a sudden, the 17th chapter of 1 Kings uh, opens up with the name of a new guy, and that is Elijah. And Elijah immediately calls out, um, go back one, one slide there, uh, there, there it is. Uh, Elijah, whose name means 
YHWH, which is the name of the Lord. Uh, some places it's interpreted as Jehovah. The Y and the J make the same sound. And the uh, H and the V make the same sound. And, and um, or, um, anyway, and the W and the H. And basically, Elijah's name means Yahweh or Jehovah is my God. In other words, it's like saying he is my protector, he is my provider. Now, Baal or Baal, a lot of times we just refer to it as Baal, but maybe have been pronounced Baal, uh, is the God of fertility that the Canaanites worship. And they believed that he uh, controlled the growth of things. He controlled the rain. He controlled the, uh, is it jumping around or is it me? Okay, he controlled the dew. Um, he controlled all of these things. We're, we're sorry, Kelsey's running, having to run back and forth up there. So he controls the rain, the dew, all, all of that. And we know what the Lord had told them in Leviticus all the way back in the Old Testament. He repeated it in Deuteronomy when the children of Israel were coming out of uh, Egypt and they're about to cross into the promised land. The Lord said, if you will not yet <clears throat> for all of this uh, hearken unto me, then I will punish you seven times more for your sins. I will break the pride of your power. Wow. You know, when people think they're smarter than God, it's called P-R-I-D-E. You know, I don't have to do what God says because I know what's best in my life. Oh, really? It's the pride of your power. I will make, the Lord told him, I'll make the heaven as iron, the earth as brass. Your strength shall be spent in vain, for your land will not yield her increase, neither the trees <coughs> will yield their fruits. And so I put here this last little sentence that the Lord speaks to this prophet whose name means Yahweh is my God. And you know what the Lord tells him to do? See if y'all remember. He said, all right, I want y'all to go up to a mountain and challenge the people of Baal and we're going to call fire down. Is that what he told him? Anybody? What do you think? Is that what the Lord spoke to him? We don't have any record that that's what the Lord spoke to him. You know what the Lord basically said? I got a word for you to go tell Ahab. And that's it. That's all he told him. I got a word for you to go tell Ahab. Now that may sound to you. It's easy for us to click on that because we know that Three more chapters over, two or three chapters over, he's going to be on the mountain 
calling fire down. Right? We've read that next couple stories. But that's not what the Lord told him. That's why I said step-by-step process. When you're dealing with faith, unfortunately, the Lord does not always, in fact, very rarely, tell you the end. I could handle it if I knew the end. Understand? If I could tell you, well, okay, here's what's going to happen. Step one, step two, step three, step four, step five, and then step six. Hallelujah. Victory. But when, you, when the Bible says we walk not by sight, when we walk, but we have a walk of what? Faith. Unfortunately, the Lord doesn't always give you anything but the first direction. Now, next slide. Let me, let me show you what I mean. <clears throat> it moves right into the 17th chapter. And it just basically says, And Elijah, the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth before whom I stand, there shall not be due or rain these years, but according to my word. Now, I fully believe that the Lord had spoken that to Elijah and told him, go tell that to Ahab. And that took a lot of faith. Amen? Here's the king. It would take a lot of faith to go in the front of somebody who is serving the God that makes rain and tell them, God's not going to let it rain no matter what you say or do and then turn around and walk out. I mean, immediately, I would be probably not as full of faith as Elijah. I, I would like to think I would be, but I'm, I am thinking my first thought would be, okay, is he going to kill me? When I say that, what's going to happen? And so when the Lord got Elijah to act on that first step of faith, he went and stood in front of Ahab. Now the Lord is going to have to put Elijah in school, if you will, because that was one act, but there's going to be more to come. And it was basically, I know you took that step by faith, and immediately I want to be graduated. Whew. I held on to God. I did exactly what he said. I, well, boy, I didn't want to, but man, I did. Isn't that awesome? Boy. You did a good job. You stood in the face of Ahab and looked at him with your two eyes and said, it's not going to rain. He spoke that word. But to get to the mountaintop where he's calling down fire, 
you know, I would probably want to know, give me an idea of your plan. What's going to happen in the next, what's going to happen in the next year? What's going to happen in the next six months? What's going to happen in the next week? Maybe you've never been that way. If I do this, Lord, and I've seen people that say, you know, well, I just, I don't know. I don't think I could live for God because if I tried to live for God, I don't know that I could do all the stuff. I don't, I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what's going to happen in my family, what's going to happen in my, huh? <laughs> but basically, Elijah stepped out and did it. And then the second verse. And now, what does the Lord say? You better run. What? I, I thought I was going to be able to just speak a word of faith. He said, get thee hence, turn eastward, hide thyself by the brook Cherith that is before Jordan. Whoa, now, wait, 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 wait. I, I didn't realize that I was going to have to leave everything, leave my house, leave my friends, leave my family. I didn't realize this was going to be hide and go seek now. Lord, you just told me to speak a word of faith, and I did it. I fully expected you to somehow do some big miracle. And instead of God doing some big miracle, he said, now go hide. In fact, this Cherith or Cherith, however you want to pronounce it, nobody knows today where it is. It's a very small little inlet that flows into the Jordan River. It's very obscure. And, and obviously Ahab looked for him, sent out spies, and God hides Elijah. Now, <laughs> part of learning faith sometimes requires you're all alone in this. If you're going to go to school of faith, and I know, I thank the Lord for the body. I thank the Lord for those that are praying and pray for each other, and we do. But sometimes there comes a point when I'm going to have to get this for myself. That's why we talk about having the Holy Ghost so that I can pray through. Because the enemy will do whatever he can to isolate us. And, you know, like Job, whose own wife basically said, curse God and die. Sometimes we don't have anybody that's fighting our fight of faith. And Elijah goes to this brook and he's learning, you know, what it is to be isolated. What Elijah doesn't know is Ahab during this time is absolutely going nuts. He is killing anybody that says they're a prophet. They are hiding. We will see later where one man hid uh, several of them. In fact, Elijah thinks they've all been killed, and he ends up in the 20th chapter, I believe it is, and he said, I, even I, only am left. And you remember what the Lord says? 
I got 7,000 that hadn't bowed their knee. But Elijah fully believes he's the only guy. I don't know if you've ever felt like you're the only one going through it, facing it, having to deal with it. But this is the school of faith. Because a lot of times it's just going to be me and whom? And God's trying to work on me. I don't like this part. Now, he goes to Cherith, and, and what you have to understand, I don't believe that God sent Elijah to Cherith just to protect Elijah because there's other stories about this prophet where soldiers came to kill him and the Lord wouldn't let them kill him, where they would just die. So, I mean, the Lord could have just killed anybody that came down his street. Whack. So, yet the Lord isolated him, made him feel all alone, made him feel like he, you know, he didn't have anybody that would help him. And Elijah needed to be really alone with God. And y'all are all Bible scholars and you remember the story. What happened? Go ahead, let's go to the next slide. Kelsey making her run. She, uh, she's sweating up there. <clears throat> the Lord says this to him, and it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee. What's the word? There. Why did the Lord send Elijah to Cherith? Because the Lord was working the other side of the street and he was sending ravens to Cherith. And, you know, the Lord knows how to work and pull both ends together. New Testament, you know, Cornelius, other people praying, asking God, Saul, all of a sudden the Lord is sending a vision to Simon Peter at the same time he's working on Cornelius. And, okay? <clears throat> so the ravens were going there, and so what did Elijah do? He went, according to the word of the Lord, who he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith, that is before Jordan, and the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning, and bread and flesh in the evening, and he drank of the brook. Now, I've often wondered how I could gag down what a bird brought me. Not thinking it would be gourmet. Sometimes the Lord doesn't always give us filet mignon. But he said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor their seed begging bread. And I don't know how many ravens it takes to make a sandwich. You know, they can carry off big pieces of bread, but they were flying in every morning, flying in every evening, and I guess dropping this food and putting it on very nice presentation, you know, 
sprig of uh, garnish and, you know, ice and milk and Cheerios and all of that. Not so. They're bringing this food in. Elijah's got to stay there. He doesn't know what's going on. And we don't know how long it took, but eventually this brook began to dry up. Now, I am not sure if you have ever seen, because we live in a very um, moist, wonderful, a lot of water, water table, but if you've ever seen something dry up, it doesn't happen overnight. This brook was flowing into the Jordan, and I don't know, maybe the first week, first month, it didn't look like it had gone down much, and then Elijah began to notice, well, that's an inch below, two inches below, three inches below. And I don't know if you've ever been inclined to drink from a brook. Um, typically, as it begins to dry, it becomes more muddy and a little more stagnant and you dig out a little hole and hope to catch a little water. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Put your mouth down on it, whatever. And again, a step by step by step by step process. And it's not looking good. It's looking like the brook is drying up. Now, this was a, a great school lesson. Are you going to trust me? Okay, yes, I did trust you. I went to Ahab. And then you tell me, go hide. And then you send me here. And yes, you fed me. But quite frankly... The meals weren't that great. And now I've been drinking this water and it's getting dirtier and dirtier and it's drying up. Am I still going to trust God? In my point of faith, sometimes I have felt like, Lord, I did just what you said, and it's not always working the way I think it ought to. And I have had a tendency to go, I think, Lord, you made a mistake. I don't think I did. And the enemy can play with your mind. Huh? Yeah. Because if, if, if this were really God, it would have been a lot different than it is now, drinking out of muddy Brook Cherith. And so, go ahead, next slide. You all know these stories. I'm not telling you anything. If you read on down, basically the brook, I think we jumped a slide maybe, I don't know. I think the brook dries up. And um, yeah, you jumped one. There it is. 
verse 7, And it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Whether that was in six months, a year, I don't know. And so you can imagine this was a slow, torturous process. Slowly it's changing. Slowly it's drying up. Slowly. I want to tell you something. It takes more faith to stay at Cherith for six months or a year than it does to stand on a mountain for one night. Huh? Man, I can handle the fire falling, but if you haven't gone through the process of Cherith, and I know I'm looking at people that have gone through it, and it feels like I'm not getting any relief. In fact, it's getting worse. It's getting harder. It's getting tougher. And so finally, he is not going to move. That, but that's, that's what we've made Elijah so powerful. It's like, Lord, you told me to come here. I am here, and I'm not leaving until you tell me to leave. That's powerful, isn't it? The eighth verse, the word of the Lord came to him and said, Get up and go to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. And behold, I've commanded a woman there, a widow woman, there to sustain you. Now, why didn't the Lord send him to that widow? He couldn't do that miracle before? We don't always get to know why. We don't always go through the school of this and know, well, why, God, did you not send me to this widow woman right off the get-go? I don't know. Maybe he had to get her into a desperate place before he could get Elijah because you remember this. Now, now you can go to the next slide. You remember what happened? He starts walking into town and uh, we jumped too, I think. Yep, we did. So he arose and went to Zarephath. Should be well, There it is. So Elijah is now obeying God. He goes to Zarephath and as he walks into the gate, here's a widow woman. She's gathering sticks. And the Lord didn't say, she'll be gathering sticks. The Lord didn't say anything about how he was going to know which widow woman. I can't believe that she was the only widow woman in the city of Zarephath. So basically, Elijah has kind of got to go trial by error. And so he says to her, hey, get me a little bit of water in a vessel that I can drink. Now, he's probably feeling like if she says, who do you think you are? I am not a, get your own water. Don't you know water's scarce? Hey, this brook is drying up. Are you crazy? I don't know you. You don't know me. First of all, you don't need to be talking to me. Secondly, 
Give me a break. This is the, get your own vessel. Get your own water. I'm going through it. You don't know what stress I'm under right now. You don't know how I'm stressed out. If you knew how stressed I was, I'm about to die. Because she could have st started with that. Huh? She was stressed. She was about to die. She was down to the very end. And have you ever felt like, I just, I can't believe, I, did they have the audacity to say, ask me? I, ha, 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 Are you kidding me? Now, not us. I'm talking about back in Bible days. This is the school of faith. And so, you know what she does? This wasn't because of God. It wasn't because of religion. She was a Zidonian. So what does she do? All right, I'll go get your water. She goes and gets a cup and says, all right, I'll be right back with your water. And then do you know what that man had the audacity to say to her? Oh, while you're going to get my water, could I have a little cake too? Just a little smackerel of bread and honey, something. I'm kind of hungry. And that was the last straw. I mean, what did she do? She turns to him and said, basically, I didn't put all the verses in there, but she basically turns to him and says, look, mister, you don't know, I'm about to die. I'm gathering a few sticks right now. I got one little handful of meal, a few drops of oil, and I'm making a cake for me and my boy and we're going to eat, and we're dying. I can't get you any bread. And he tells this wonderful tale. He says, by faith, he says, <clears throat> Lord, you said there was going to be a widow woman that was going to sustain me, and this lady ain't got nothing. Obviously, this can't be the right lady. Huh? I mean, hello? You're sending me to the poorest woman that's about to die? Whoa, 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 God. Right, come, come in here. You said there's a woman that's going to be there that's going to sustain me. I was looking for the rich widow, mayor's ex-wife or whatever. Huh? You know what he does? He just says, look, I'll tell you what. If you'll make me a cake, there'll be enough for your, you and your son. Wow. He steps out on faith. The Lord didn't tell him to do that. 
but he had been through the school of Cherith that he knew that God, you are able. And if this is the woman that's going to sustain me, then you're able to sustain her as you sustain me. <laughs> so, <laughs> she went and did according to Elijah, and she and he and her house did eat many days, and the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail? And, you know, we've all heard it preached and we've, we've seen it where it's not, you know, didn't fill up the barrel, didn't fill it all up, but it went to where she was able to get another handful and another handful and another few drops of oil. And that went on day after day after day after day after day. And they kept eating cake. And believe it or not, it tasted better than what the ravens brought. And I'm sure at that point, Elijah's going, now why didn't we do this number one? <clears throat> but then you know what happens? Go ahead. All of a sudden, the son of the woman, the mistress of the house, got sick. And the sickness was so sore that there was no breath in him. He died, whether it was heart attack, stroke, heat stroke, I don't know. And she feels cheated. This is the guy that they were about to die weeks before. You know, sometimes when we are blessed, we forget how blessed we are. Because if God doesn't fill the meal barrel and fill the cruise, and if he's sustaining me every day, I can feel like, well, come on, Lord. And so she goes to Elijah and she said, I don't even like you. You're the one that first talked to me weeks ago. You're the one that came to me. I didn't even come to you. I didn't ask for you. I, we were going to eat our food and die. She said, oh, thou man of God, are you come? And then notice what she says. Are you come to call my what? Sin to remembrance. When things don't go right, the enemy immediately hangs it on it's something you've done or not done. I know it's never happened to any of you. But how many have ever felt like, and guess what? He's a great, he's an accuser of the brethren, so he can find something you did or didn't do or should or shouldn't have done. Huh? Well, you remember when you got mad and you remember when you what you told them and you know what you said and Oh, it's kind of on you, buddy. <clears throat> Elijah goes up into the room. He lays on the lad, and he, three times he prays this prayer. Oh, Lord, my God. Wait, go back. I'll, be, I'll read it off of mine. Hast thou brought this evil upon the widow with whom I sojourned by slaying her son? Even Elijah was a little bit... Like, I wonder if God's done this. 
I don't care how much faith you have, you can reach a point where you start doubting the goodness of God. Lord, are you, re are you really? You're not answering? You're not helping? What? You, did you do this, Lord? He stretched himself out three times, cried unto the Lord, and said, O oh Lord my God, I pray thee, let this child's soul come into him again. Three times, not once, not twice, third time. And the Lord heard the voice of Elijah, and the soul of the child came into him again, and he revived. And Elijah took the child, brought him down out of the chamber into the house, delivered him to his mother, and Elijah said, See, thy son liveth. She goes, Now, by this I know that thou art a man of God. She had already called him a man of God. She knew who he was. And that the, but here's what was the kicker. She knew he was a man of God, but it's that the word of the Lord is, that's in your mouth, is truth. I want to tell you something, and I know this is a very simple story. You've heard it. He goes on from there. But let me tell you what the school of faith is going to involve. And that is, am I going to hang on to this? Your word will not lie. You said it, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. You said I'd make a way where there seemeth to be no way. You said, I'm going to hang on to it. You said, but I thought I would at least get a little better answer than ravens. Well, I'm sorry. Sometime in this walk of faith, it looks pretty bleak. And it doesn't look like two chapters over, we're going to be standing on a mountain calling fire down. And as you all know, unfortunately, even after that, he gets depressed because Jezebel doesn't repent. And he goes, oh, Lord, I'm ready to die. What are you saying? No matter how much faith you have, the enemy will do everything he can to attack you, to attack your faith in God, to attack your faith in the Word of God, to attack when you are taking those step by step and you can't see what tomorrow's going to hold and you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And when it looks like things are getting worse, rather than better and it's drying up but the key is when he comes back will he find faith Lord I'm going to stay here and wait for your word I'm going to keep because I know what your word says your word says you'll never leave nor forsake your word says I'm hanging on to the word so when you Say, increase our faith. The Bible has one verse that we all should quote. Faith cometh by hearing. If there was ever a time we need to be hearing the word, reading the word, studying the word, 
praying the word over your family, get a hold of a psalm, get a hold of the word of God. <clears throat> My wife was here praying last night, travailing, asking God to move, and the Lord put a word in her. Actually, I think it was Psalms 30. She said, I got to go read this to Brother Larry. She got in the car and drove to Columbus. Stood in his room. Sister Susan was leaving and she said, I'm not here to spend a long time. I'm just going to read you this word because it was from the word of God. So why, why do you do that? Because let me tell you something. Heaven and earth can pass away. Hang on to the word. I think she was also a little high from Lila getting the Holy Ghost in such an experience. But it was good. What are you saying? We hang on to the word of God. And I know we're in an hour where I don't need the word. I don't need that much. You know, I'm busy. I've got plenty to do. I'm going to tell you something. We are in the moment where it tries our faith. And you've got to go through the school of faith to know I'm going to hang on to the word regardless of what else happens. Even if I don't know that next step, and let me tell you, that's the hard part for me. I would rather, if you know where we're going with this, I'm okay with it. But until you kind of clue me in, I'm not so sure about this, Lord. And then whatever he feeds me with, Sometimes it gets hard for me to go, and I'm supposed to be thankful for this? Huh? I'm just telling you where I am, where Elijah was. Oh, hallelujah. It's time that we say, Lord, increase our faith. Amen? Let's stand. Good to have all of you here. We're praying. We're asking the Lord to touch. And we are, we know uh, Brother Jim led this song this before we started, as we started tonight, about, you know, what the Lord is able to do. And, and we, our faith, our trust is in Him. So I'm thankful that no matter where we are, no matter what we're going through, um, <clears throat> Brittany Coey uh, called me Tuesday, and a young girl, 32 years age, same age as Brittany, um, was in her class at school and, and uh, a blood clot came from her leg to her heart and she passed away. Brittany was all torn up about that. I, you know, what are you saying? The Lord, it's by his mercy that all any of us right. are able to walk upright. So we have a lot to be thankful for. Amen. Hallelujah. Brother Jim, go ahead.